We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walton, right back into your lives for a third time this week. It's the future award-winning Talk About Flow podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very much as always for locking in today, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, don't even matter. Wherever you listen to your podcast, I appreciate each and every single one of you. All right, folks, so we're on to our third and final episode for the week of counting down the top 10 Buffalo Bills at all time at specific positions. This is part, uh, is this seven of an 11 part series? Uh, So we've already done quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, and just yesterday we did defensive end. Um, that was a no-brainer at number one, but definitely some controversy between picks two through six. Uh, a lot of people have had takes on that. Um, today we are counting down the top 10 defensive tackles in Buffalo Bills history. And by the way, when I said last episode of the week, I meant for this Bills all-time countdown series. Of course, I'm going to have our regular casual Friday show with my guest Joe Yurden on tomorrow as well. A total of four episodes in a very busy week, and it's going to be even busier next week. Next week, we are having an episode literally every single weekday. Uh, Monday, we're going to be counting down linebackers, Tuesday, corners, Wednesday, safeties. Thursday, we're going to wrap the Bills series up with special teams. And then, of course, I'll be back again on Friday for Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. Um, I've said this on all episodes, and I'm going to say it again here, too. I'm going to focus on making these as short and as easily consumable for everyone listening as humanly possible. Yesterday's defensive end episode only went around the ballpark of 20 minutes-ish. And ideally, I'd like for that to be the same today. Uh, Though who knows, man. Sometimes I I happen to ramble on about something and then I realize after the fact I I just can't stop myself. Which I'll say again, you know, as I record these as series, I am quite literally... Going into my home studio, uh, I got some notes in hand, I'm hitting record, and I'm letting it fly. I I get to the first tee, and I just, I grip it, and I rip it. No practice swings. Um, Unlike typical episodes, you know, where I have a guest, and afterwards, I quite often do some editing. 
Not the case with these series. I mean, so if I make a mistake, man, if I fumble over my words like an absolute blithering idiot, which I'm sure I'm going to do, you're going to have to live with it because I ain't going back to edit it. I mean, it's summertime, man. It's too nice to be in this studio one single solitary second more than I need to be, especially when it's this nice outside to enjoy a, uh, a beautiful 716 summer. But anyway, that's that. I, I want to reiterate this too, and, I, and I've been saying this every time, because it's important. These top 10 lists you're hearing, uh, they come solely from me. Me, myself, and I, man. My own personal player evaluations and ultimately power rankings. I did not confer with anybody who covers the Buffalo Bills, no media members at all. I did not put a poll up for fans. Unlike Joe and I do every Friday when we do our starting five draft on casual Friday, no polls for fans. These lists, they're my takes. They're my opinions and they're my opinions alone. I take full responsibility for them, whether you love them, whether you hate them. And I take into account a handful of factors and the criteria. And this is worth repeating for each individual episode here. Uh, Personal achievement to service with the team, how long they played here to productivity when they were here, uh, personal accolades, and then team success, at least to an extent. Being on good teams matters, man. And uh, these are all for when they're a member to Buffalo Bills only. I don't care. In fact, I couldn't care less what a player did before he got to the Buffalo Bills. For an example, James Lofton, what he did in Green Bay, don't care. Terrell Owens, what he did in Frisco and Dallas before Buffalo, don't care. What they do after the Buffalo Bills, don't care. Ruben Brown went on and made a, a upper wall with the Chicago Bears. Good for him. Only matters what you did when you were a Buffalo Bill. Obviously, and I mean quite obviously, when you have power rankings based on opinion, it's extremely subjective. And it's an exercise. And that's what this is, folks, an exercise. Many, many of your opinions are going to vary. And I really felt that when it came to defensive ends earlier this week. Um, I welcome your opinions and your reactions, whether you love the rankings, whether you hate them, who you think should be where, who did I omit, who should have been on, who should not have been on. I, I want all your takes. I want all your reactions. You could tweet at me at Pamoran Tweets, or you could go on our Facebook page, Talk Buffalo Podcast Facebook page, which to be honest, there's a lot of people, members on that page, but not a lot of activity. The best way to get a hold of me and, and interact um, with this series or just in general is definitely through Twitter. Again, it's at Pat Moran Tweets. Um, at the end of this episode, I'll remind you one more time of the schedule as we wrap the series next week, which by the way, was done and we're condensing a lot of these episodes like we are now. Reason being is I wanted to get it done before Bill's training camp. So it kind of served two purposes here. It gave me something to do, something for you to listen to that would be different over the, the couple of weeks leading up to Bill's training camp, since there's literally nothing going on with the team, I thought this would be a perfect time to do it. But at the same token, I want to make sure this series gets wrapped before Bill's training camp. Because, I mean, let's be real here. Once Bill's training camp starts and there's storylines and news to follow, nobody's going to care about who the top 10 Bill's uh, linebackers are of all time. So, again, it's all about timing. And uh, anyway, let's get going. On that note here, these are the 10 best Defensive tackles in Buffalo Bills history, according to me, Patrick Moran. All right, let's get going here. Coming in at number 10, Mike Kadish. Mike Kadish spent nine years with the Buffalo Bills. 
1971 was actually drafted by the Miami Dolphins in 1972. Uh, despite being a first-round pick out of Notre Dame, go Irish, Cadiz uh, spent that season on Miami just their taxi squad. That's, by the way, the Team 72. Of course, they went undefeated their perfect season, and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, that offseason, he was traded to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for offense alignment. Irv Good, who uh, never actually played a game for the Bills. Anyway, Kadish would go on to become a steady anchor in the middle of the Bills' defense for several years. He registered at least four sacks in his first four seasons with the team, uh, 1973 through 1976. That was that run. His sack production fell off after that, but still. Uh, Kadish ended up playing 127 games for the Bills. He started in 79 of them. And he registered 30 and a half sacks. Um, longevity matters on these lists. I, I said that at the top here. And Kader spent nine seasons with the club. Most of them pretty, pretty good ones too. So, you know, I'm good with having him on this list. I think I think Mike Kadish is a, a good way to uh to get things going today. All right, moving on. Here's a name that a lot of you know. If you're a Bills fan now, you certainly do. Ed Oliver. I got Ed Oliver at number nine. Ed Oliver spent three years with the Bills so far, 2019 to, to 2021, obviously, and counting. I need to be careful with this one because, see, here's the thing. I need to evaluate Ed Oliver on what he's done so far as a Buffalo Bill, not compared to what I project he's going to do over the next several years, which, spoiler alert, I think that's going to be a lot. Um, Ed Oliver obviously came into this league with high expectations. He was a top 10 pick. And stats aside, which again, you know, I think for the record, I think stats are more overrated for defensive tackles, perhaps more than any other position in the league. Um, Ed Oliver's been pretty goddamn good, man. Uh, he had five sacks as a rookie, which at this point, actually remains his career best. Uh, he took a step up in 2020, despite having just three sacks. And in my opinion... I think Ed Oliver became one of the better defensive tackles in football last season in 2021. He often took control of games and he and he was altering what offenses were trying to do. Again, take your stats, especially sacks, throw them in the trash. All right. Ed Oliver only had four sacks last year, but he had four, 14 quarterback hits, he had 10 tackles for a loss, he had 41 total tackles, and your boy was a force. Again, I don't care sometimes, at least anyway about stats they could just be so uh misleading but that said i can't put him any higher for now because this is based on what players have done not what they're going to do and do i think Ed, i do i think there's eight defensive tackles on this list ahead of Ed oliver that are better football players than him and better athletes no i don't but to this point this is where where we're at with him um I like him a guy like like Dawson Knox is another perfect example who we had on one of the episodes from last week where we did tight ends. Where if I'm fortunate and I'm blessed enough to be on this earth and if I'm blessed enough to be doing a podcast like this three, four, five years from now, I bet you Ed Oliver is going to be a hell of a lot higher. But for right now, after only three years in the league, uh, I can't put him any higher than number nine. All right, moving on here. Number eight, Jeff Wright. Jeff Wright spent seven years with the Buffalo Bills, 1988 to 1994. Man, you talk about getting in when the getting's good. <laughs> Jeff Wright was um, an eighth-round pick in 1998. 
and the last year of his career was 1994, all right? Now, I say it's because of Jeff Wright, but, you know, hey, man, this dude literally didn't know what it was like to play on a football team in the NFL that wasn't really good. He got there in 88, got out in 94. The Bills had no bad football teams during that time, including four Super Bowls, of course. Uh, he was a backup his first two seasons, but even as a non-starter, as a rookie in, in 88, he racked up five sacks. Became a full-time starter in 1990, uh, and that's the year, of course, the Bills went to their first of what would be four straight Super Bowls. And I think Jeff Wright was a pretty steady, certainly not spectacular, clog in uh, the middle of the defensive line. His production, pretty steady. in five sacks in 1990. Uh, he followed that up with a career-high six in 1991. It's a number he also mentioned, 1992. Four dropping down, four and a half sacks in 1993. Um, you know, again, the middle guy between Bruce Smith and Phil Hansen. In total, Wright played 98 games with the Bills. He started in 67 of them, finished with 31 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, and five fumble recoveries. Uh, again, 31 and a half sacks would, would rank him 12th on the official, not would. It does rank him 12th on the official stat list for uh, when it comes to sacks. sacks. Well, let's remember, though, the only thing, um, you know, the stats became official in the early 80s. So reality is not 12th. But then again, and who cares? He's a pretty steady defender, man. He, he had some. And some surprising juice to get after the quarterback. You know, and his sack numbers as a defensive tackle, not really anything to, 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 uh, to sneeze at. Said it several times throughout the series. Team success plays at least a small part of this formula. And boy, were the Bills ever successful when Jeff Wright was in that uniform. So I got him at number eight for all those reasons. Coming in at number seven, Marcel Darius. Six and a half years with the Bills, 2011 to 2017, the third overall pick out of Alabama back in 2011. Um, he actually went one pick after Vaughn Miller. I don't know if you guys do that or not. Um, look, it's easy to blast away on Marcel Darius. I get it. You know, his play at ultimately fell off a cliff. He got that monster six-year, uh, $108 million extension with the Bills. Um, of course, he was eventually traded to Jacksonville, and most Bills fans are really happy about that. Not just because of the player, but the team also saved like $54 million over five years uh, with the trade. But, you know, before all that, before him getting the money and then falling off, let, let's not forget what led Darius to getting that monster contract to begin with. The man was an absolute beast for his uh, for the first four seasons with the club. Now, he won his starting job right away out of minicamp as a rookie training camp. And he produced five and a half sacks and 43 tackles in 2011, including nine for a loss. He followed that up with five and a half sacks in year two before he really stepped up in year three. He got seven and a half sacks to go with a career best 71 tackles, including 46 solo. And those efforts earned him uh, the first of what would be two Pro Bowl nods. Everything came together for Marcel in 2014. He set a career best with 10 sacks, which by the way, to this day, the Ted Sachs is one of the top three or four uh, single-season marks for any defensive tackle in team history. But um, also had a career-best 12 tackles for a loss. Uh, not only did he earn another Pro Bowl berth, but he was named first-team NFL All-Pro by the Associated Press. First-team. Um, you know, at that point, at that time of his career, he was legit. One of the very, very best defensive tackles in football. 
Uh, he signed that monster extension right before 2015. And, I mean, let's just be real here, man. He won the same again. A really lackluster two sacks in 2015. And then he played in just eight games in 2016. He was dealing with hamstring and uh, groin injuries, I believe. And he was gone for good. Five games in the 2017. Traded to the Jags. Where he underwhelmed there. Slowed down by injuries there as well. Not going to sit there and say he's a guy who played hard and well until he got the money and, and, and then he just didn't care anymore. Not going to say that's the case. But sometimes numbers don't lie. And, and you know, you can just look at the numbers. Plus, the, the effort. It, it just, it wasn't quite the same, man. 10 sacks in 2014. Second or third most ever in a season by Bills defensive tackle. He's had 35 sacks um, for his career with the Bills. Again, he was amazing in earning his contract and he just fell off a cliff after getting paid. Fortunately, the Bills were able to shed his salary. Um, regardless, all that aside, I think he's easily one of the 10 best uh, defensive tackles uh, in Bills history all time, whether you like that or not. All right, one more. We're going to get up against the break here. Coming in at number six, Pat Williams. Pat Williams spent eight years with the Bills, 1997 to 2004. And you want to talk about one of the team's all-time great undrafted players? Man, Pat Williams went undrafted out of Texas A&M back in 1997, and he signed out with the Bills. He spent almost his entire rookie season inactive or on the practice squad. He paired in just literally one game uh, over his next two seasons. He wasn't a starter, but he was a regular contributor in the defensive line rotation. He racked up six sacks over those two seasons. And he established himself as a really, really, really good run defender. One till 2001 when he became a full-time starter. And over the next four seasons, man, Pat Williams, was he ever a problem for opposing uh, guards and centers? Again, never a sack guy at all. Literally, Williams had four sacks in all four of his starting seasons combined. But he was a run-stuffing gap closing uh, monster. He was one of the best players on the team. Simple as that. He had 84 tackles in 2002, which is nearly unheard of for a defensive tackle. And then he followed that up with 82 more tackles in 2003. Um, he never got league-wide acc accolades with Buffalo, but he did eventually. Um, he left as a free agent and went to Minnesota in 2005. And he went on to make three Pro Bowls there. And he was a second-team All-Pro with the Vikings back in 2007. Which, again, I might have him ranked higher. But he did that with Minnesota. And this list is about Buffalo. But anyway, I, I, I love Pat Williams. In my humble opinion, what Pat Williams is, is one of the most underrated Buffalo Bills players, regardless of, of position ever. I, I think he was that good. And by the way, enough for nothing, uh, he was also loved by his teammates. He won the 2003 Ed Block Courage Award, which was voted on by teammates. So anyway, a, a great career for Pat Williams. Love that dude. And he comes in here at number six. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. But before that, we'll recap 10 through six. So 10 was Mike Kadish, nine, Ed Oliver, eight, Jeff Wright, seven, Marcel Darius, and six, Pat Williams. Quick break, come back, count down the top five Buffalo Bills defensive tackles of all time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we are back. We are counting down the top 10 Buffalo Bills defensive tackles of all time. Let's jump right back into it here. We've reached number five. We're going to go with Jim Dunaway. Jim Dunaway spent nine years with the Buffalo Bills, 1963 to 1971. Uh, Dunaway was was a top 10 pick in both the NFL and the AFL. Choosing to play with the Bills, who took him ninth overall. Um, Again, when it comes to to Jim Dunaway and some of these other players we've already talked about or that we will, you could throw sacks and other stats literally directly in the garbage. Uh, He was no sack guy. In fact, he only had a career high of six sacks in 1967. And that's the only season of his career where he actually had more than four sacks. But again, screw stats. Uh, Dunaway was a rock in the middle of the Bills defensive line on the back-to-back AFL championship teams of 1964 and 1965 alongside Ron McDole, one of the team's all-time great defensive ends who we discussed, uh, Tom Day, who we also discussed um, earlier this week, and another guy we're going to be getting to uh, shortly. Little spoiler alert there. Um, the league knew how good Dunaway was. Again, who cares about stats? The league knew how good he was. They recognized him as a four-time AFL All-Star and a first-team All-Pro in 1966. I have to reiterate this, though, because, again, on the field, he's one of the better players the Bills have ever had. And I'm going to be honest with you, doing this research sometime for all these positions, looking up stats and learning information about these guys, you learn things that you didn't know. I like to think I know everything about the Buffalo Bills and their history, but I don't. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, and, and, I, and I feel like 
many of you won't know this. Um, and I hate to reiterate, you know, like I did with OJ Simpson, this list is football only, all right? But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention for young fans out there who might not know or older ones like myself who didn't know. In 1998, um, Jim Dunaway's wife was found dead in a swimming pool. Um, blunt force trauma and was put in the pool. And Dunaway was charged with her murder, but he was never actually indicted. The grand jury didn't indict him. Later on, his kids filed a wrongful death suit against him and he was found guilty and liable. So, you know, incredibly in a bad way, OJ Simpson very well may not be the only former Buffalo Bill who literally got away with murder. But again, back to football and football only and Dunaway absolutely based on his play and his value to the football team deserves to be on this list. So I have him at five. Continuing on here, number four, Ted Washington. Ted Washington played six years with the Bills, 1995 to 2000. Tell you what, find me a better true nose guard on this list or around the league during Washington's heyday with the Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you, you're nuts. Um, Washington came to Buffalo before the 1995 season after stops in San Francisco and Denver and instantly absolutely became one of the better nose tackles in all the NFL, if he wasn't already. Um, and I've already said this several times, it bears repeating here. Take your stats. When it comes to defensive tackle, especially throw him in the garbage. And that especially holds true uh, with Ted Washington. Ted Washington had just 19 and a half sacks in his entire Bills career. Seriously though, who cares? Who cares? The Bills defense was ranked in the top 10, five straight seasons uh, during Washington's run here. And I promise you, he was a very, very, very large reason behind that. Uh, Washington made three Pro Bowls with the Bills, 1997, 1998, and 2000. Uh, in 1997, he was the second team NFL All-Pro after registering 63 solo tackles. His time with the Bills came to uh, sort of an ugly end after the 2000, uh, the 2000 season. Uh, Buffalo at the time was in big, big cap trouble. And Ted Washington refused to take a pay cut after refusing one the year before as well. Got pretty ugly. But this time the Bills had no choice. They had they cut him. Um, they couldn't afford to pay him. It was like $7.6 million for 2001. Which, you know, obviously at the time and even in today's league, that's a lot of money. And by the way, his accolades weren't over because he went to the Bears and that very next season he earned first team uh, All-Pro honors. First team, the only time in his career he made first team. Uh, playing between Phil Hanson and Bruce, man, Washington was one of the uh, very best in the NFL. He was and remains a popular player when it comes to all-time Bills defenders and he is positively deserving of being ranked very, very high on this list at number four. All right, three more here. And coming in at number three, in fact, Kyle Williams, a name a lot of Bills fans, younger ones are very familiar with. Kyle Williams spent 13 years with the organization, 2006 to 2018, a prospect out of LSU. Uh, Kyle Williams is without question the team's best fifth round draft pick in franchise history. You know, the funny part is, is the Bills drafted that year several high profile uh, prospects in 2006. And it was supposed to be a core that was going to greatly transform this defense from being shitty into really good. You remember the core, guys. Dante Whitner in the first, John McCargo in the first, a trade-up for him, uh, Ashley Bodie in the third, Coe Simpson in the fourth. 
guess what, man? None of them really worked out given their draft position. I mean, Dante Whitner, as much as I can't stand him on a personal level, he was an okay safety. Certainly no top 10 pick worthy though, uh, safety. So anyway, those guys, none of them panned out, man. Cal Williams was the guy who went completely under the radar. And man, oh man, what a steal he turned out to be. By the way, fun little side note too. Kyle Williams was the draft pick the Bills got from Houston when they traded away Eric Moles near the end of his career. So, man, Eric Moles, the gift that just kept on giving. One of the greatest Bills receivers of all time, number two on this list, in fact. And then we trade him to Houston, and because of that trade, they end up with Kyle Williams. So, man, like I said, Eric Moles, thank you. Anyway, Kyle Williams became a starter not long into his rookie season, which was you know, a pretty unremarkable season, but he never let go of the starting spot, and he, proved, he improved each season... Uh, early in his career by his fifth year with the bills which was 2010 Williams was becoming one of the better defensive tackles in the league he had five and a half sacks that season made second team nfl all pro along with of course a pro bowl nod uh in 2013 williams had 10 and a half sacks which to this day is the second most ever by a defensive tackle in a single season on the history of the franchise uh kyle williams made six pro bowls for his career 2010 2012 2013, 14, 16, and then his final year in 2018. Look, man, for a defensive tackle, Kyle Williams was pretty slippery and an inability to get to the quarterback. He had at least five sacks in five different seasons. All in all, Kyle Williams played in 183 games with the Bills and he started in 178 of them. His 48 and a half career sacks is sixth in team history, officially all time. And besides being accomplished on the field, He's one of the most decorated and loved Bills players of uh, the past 20 years off it as well. I consider him a lock to go on the team's wall of fame someday. What a great, great player Kyle Williams was. So I got him at number three. Coming in at number two, Fred Smurlis. Fred Smurlis spent 11 years with the Bills, 1979 to 1989. A second round pick out of Boston College in 1979. He was a mainstay on the Bills defense and uh, also off the field in the Western New York community for literally over a decade. Uh, didn't start as a rookie in 79, but he did play 13 games. And an interesting stat, his rookie year, three fumble recoveries, including one resulting in a, a Bills touchdown, which was the only touchdown he scored in his entire career. Uh, for his efforts, Fred Samarillis made the 1979 NFL All-Rookie Team. He became a starter in 1980. And holy crap, man, what a memorable season. That was for Fred. He had six sacks. Not only did he make the Pro Bowl, but he finished fifth in the AP um, NFL Defensive Player of the Year voting. I never actually knew that until I did the research. I never knew he finished that high. He was the fifth best uh, defensive player in the whole league that year. 1982, arguably his best season, uh, despite having just two sacks. He was named first team NFL All-Pro that season. The next year he racked up six sacks and was named second team NFL All-Pro that season. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl five times as a Bill. And he wasn't just a rock on the defensive line. He was very available. Uh, he started all 16 games in eight different seasons with the Bills. Again, when you're a defensive tackle and you're constantly getting double teamed by interior offensive linemen, you're bound to get hurt. Eight times with the Buffalo Bills, Fred Samarillis played every game. Didn't miss one. Uh, he's one of the team's all-time great players. He's one of the team's all-time uh, more charismatic personalities, loved by his teammates. He was loved by fans. 
Uh, Fred Samarillis received the team's ultimate honor when he went on the Bills Wall of Fame in 2001. He's truly one of the team's all-time greats. And for me, at least, I don't want to say easy because I think Kyle Williams certainly deserved consideration, but a relatively easy uh, choice to put him number two on my list. All right, folks, we've reached the top spot and we're going to go back, way back for number one. Tom Sestak, seven years with the Bills, 1962 to 1968. I'll tell you this, when Bill fans, when you think of the greatest value pick in franchise history, Andre Reid is the perceived undisputed champ because he's a fourth round pick, he went to Tiny Cuts Town, and then he ends up in the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, look, he deserves a top spot. I'm not saying he don't, but I'll tell you what, Tom Sestak has plenty to say about that theory. He actually played tight end at Tiny McNeese State University in Louisiana, and he was drafted by the Bills in the 17th round. Andre Reid was a fourth round pick. Sestak was a 17th round pick, 220th overall in the 1962 AFL draft, who again played tight end. He wasn't even a defensive tackle when he came into the league. Now, he started as a rookie and right away, he just became dominant. He was a second team, all NFL, and he finished third in the UPI Rookie of the Year voting. His second season in 1963, he had seven and a half sacks and he was named first team all AFL. His greatest season came in 1964, which of course was the first of two straight Bills AFL championships. Uh, you know, with a franchise full of defensive stars throughout his existence, few have ever, ever had a better season than Tom Sestak did in 1964. He had 15 and a half sacks, far and away a Bills franchise record for sacks by a defensive tackle in a season. Well, unofficially, anyways, the stats weren't even, uh, you know, official stats back then. But anyway, um, second straight first team all AFL selection. And the number would grow to three straight as he was picked up uh, eight sacks. And the Bills won another AFL championship, of course, in 1965. In total, Sestak, whose career ultimately was ended by some knee injuries. He played in 96 games. He started in 90 of them. He racked up 52 career sacks in 90 games. I mean, you look at that ratio. That's better than a lot of... You look at Mario Williams, who we talked about. He was number two on the defensive end list yesterday. It's a better ratio for sacks to uh, starts than, than um, just about anybody. 52 sacks in 90 games. Um, which, by the way, that'd be good for seventh in franchise history were they official. He made three first-team All-AFL teams and a second team as well. He is a member of the all-time AFL team. He is a member of the Bills' 50th anniversary team. And he went up on the team's wall of fame in 1987. You know, at this point in doing all this research on these guys at this position, I conclude personally that not only was Tom Sestak an easy choice for number one here when it comes to defensive tackles, but you're looking at his numbers and what he did, the championships, the accolades, the stats, all that stuff. You combine all that, and it's pretty goddamn remarkable to me that this guy's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, that's like snub city. Anyway, let's recap here these last five that we went through. So coming in at five, we had Jim Dunaway, four, Ted Washington, three, Kyle Williams, two, Fred Samerlis, and your number one Buffalo Bills defensive tackle at all time, Tom Sestak. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, the last of these series will wrap up next week. Monday, we're going to do linebackers, Tuesday corners, Wednesday safeties, and then Thursday special teams. Uh, of course, I'll be back with another episode of Talk Buffalo Podcast tomorrow. A normal episode, not this series. 
on Casual Friday with my man Joe Yurden. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Pamarin Tweets. Constantly tweeting out podcast updates and promos, guests, all that stuff. Plus, I want to get your takes, your reactions from these picks, from the defensive tackles, and all the other positions as well. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. I appreciate you all. And I'll be back casual Friday with Joe Yurden. Talk to you tomorrow.